What is up, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Rick for Dirt at Overland Expo. This is part of a special series of podcasts that do not include my partner in crime, Frank, who is out somewhere, I believe, in Utah, um, having his own adventure. And, uh, you know, we don't always do everything together, but this is usually something we've always said that we would do is the podcast. And uh, Frank was like, look, man, it's just too good of an opportunity for you to pass up. We got too many people we know and Go, go have conversations and go get it. So it's, uh, it's me flying solo, but I've been uh, blessed to have good friends in this industry and I get to introduce you guys to them. Uh, two of those friends are Trent McGee and Vern Simmons. Go ahead, guys. Why don't you introduce yourselves, what you do? Yeah, uh, this is Vern. I, I work for uh, Four Wheeler Magazine. Uh, I've been in the magazine industry uh, about 22 years, I think. Same magazine? Uh, no, I started out, I spent most of my time at JP Magazine, which okay. was our, our Jeep mag, our Jeep only magazine. And uh, that's sort of where I first learned the trade. And I worked there for a couple years, and then I kind of ran away from Southern California. Sorry to everybody who loves Southern California. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I kept doing freelance and stuff. And in uh, 2008, I moved back out to Arizona and somehow weaseled my way back into the magazine industry you and took a uh, little break yeah I, I was doing freelance the whole time but right. i wasn't very prolific um it's hard to be a freelancer if you a freelance if writer you don't, yeah a freelance writer for the magazines is very hard do you take the photos too or yeah yeah so i'm a pretend photographer and i i, I enjoy writing and i really like teaching and i think I, i'm good at writing and teaching but i don't know i've i've heard you uh i've heard you teach on the trail and it's pretty cool but we'll get to that sure what's up trent hey uh trent mcgee um my background is also in the magazine world i was uh i was a feature editor on a now defunct uh, magazine called four by four power um when it started in 1996 and oh, then wow. transitioned to uh, four wheel and off road magazine. I was a tech editor there for a couple of years, and then uh, went over to the dark side. Uh, left the magazines and uh, went into um, uh, marketing for different okay. off road companies. Uh, so I've always been in the off road industry. Um, and then you know I, I hosted a TV show for three years uh, called Superlifts Off Road Adventures back in the mid two thousands, and then uh, eventually came back to the magazines. I did a lot, quite a bit of freelancing. Um, again, but, and I still like today, I, I, I own my own marketing company. Uh, I do, um, uh, the marketing manager also for center force clutches. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I do a lot of different things, yeah. anything for a buck. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend uh, the other day and it's like the, the average friend I have in this industry, everyone's doing so many different things. Sure. Um, yep. And I think it comes with the type of person who would have an off-road vehicle. It's like you're you're not just satisfied to go to the camp spot. Yeah. You need to drive on some crazy-ass terrain to get to the camp spot. Yeah, I think that one of the, I mean, along those lines, like, it's made up of enthusiasts. Like, even if you're not an enthusiast when you get started in the industry, it's pretty easy to become an enthusiast uh, playing in the off-road space. And sure. it's, it's a pretty amazing place to work it's kind of like a big family there's a yeah. lot of support and help and there are people who are not great but sure <laughs> you know that's the, that's the way the world works right yeah. but the and the the sum total is that it's 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 like a family almost i feel like the best are the ones without the egos right yeah. like 
if the ego can just get pushed aside or not taken yeah. like the world, I think we all have egos, but it's like yeah, you, the, the ones negative that, one, yeah, yeah, the ones that that like where they're you know completely un, untenable. But I think most people are pretty uh, agreeable. Yeah, <laughs> it's like hanging out because I've I've done a lot of marketing myself with like Casey and have been involved with other ambassadors and not just with the Casey ambassadors, but other types and getting to know them, talking to them. Yeah, some of them, it's like, yeah, I love jeeping. I love off-roading, but my soul is more adventure, yeah. but the jeep is not my soul. Right. You know, it's like I don't define myself by the vehicle. I define myself by wanting to get out. And the best part about getting out is getting out with friends and family. Totally. And the best people are the ones that are just kind of the guards down. Like, you know, they don't have, there's no pretense and... I don't know. Being on the outside now of an industry, I used to be on the inside of, and I guess I still doing Rick for Dirt keeps me connected. Yeah, I think you're still on the inside. I mean, but you're here. I'm here, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. It's like I get to just enjoy it, and yeah, and walking around here and seeing so like even you guys, it's like what's up? Like it's yeah. just a fun, good time. Totally, and yeah. I think that's one of the kind of double-edged swords that people don't really think about or talk about much is that because we're enthusiasts like we live eat and breathe this we're doing it all the time it's really hard to turn it off yeah uh yeah you know like i'll find myself out in the shop and it'll be sunday and it's like am i working working or am i out here having fun and yeah. i don't know <laughs> it yeah. all it's all messed there's that, and there's my that. wife's like why are you working and i'm like <laughs> i thought i was playing but yeah yeah well there's that old saying if you if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life right, right. it's kind of that's bullshit that's kind of the mantra it's hard ass work no, <laughs> no matter what no, that's no, kinda, I, I mean but it's I, not I, it's not yeah. you know i mean it's it's one of those like it, truly i mean yeah yeah, yes, we all work, and we all work really darn hard or whatever, but... but oh, I don't work hard all the time, but... <laughs> well, me... By God, but, sometimes I do. <laughs> but but it's one of those, like, if, if you know, if you're, you know, we're not a nine-to-five grind-type yeah. guy that's, you know, punches a clock or sits at an office... Oh, it kills you know, soul. For, I, oh, it's terrible. It's, yeah. it, that's, that's my worst nightmare. Yeah. And so, you know, so if it's, you know, I've always kind of modeled my career after... Yeah, I mean, yes, I do spend a fair amount of time behind a desk, just like Vern does, and we all do. But sure, but um, but at least you know you want some variety in your life, where we you know get out, come to events like this, or to go on a trail ride, or or even just get out in the shop and work on stuff. Yep. I mean, yeah. that's you know yeah. just There's that variety. A, that's uh, I mean, yeah, working for the magazine is it's always been it's scary at times because you know we don't you know we're not always on the top of the pig pile. I feel like we've got uh, you know. A, a, a long history that gives us a, a larger voice in the off-road space but right. we all know that it's been a you know a time a time of change and uh there's been a lot of change in so many yeah ways. it's oh, kind of yeah. hard to know how magazines are going to fit into that but at the same time like we've really i mean we've really i feel like the people that are still with four-wheeler sadly they closed a bunch of the other magazines but the people that are still here we're doing this out of out of a place of love and and because it's what we want to do and, and you guys you guys pay the industry tax too it's like oh you're part of the industry but people think you're balling you're not balling like, no no yeah. no no <laughs> uh i think trent said it so i met trent when i first started in what would have been 2000 and i don't know whether i don't i have no idea when we first physically met but i, I know either. we talked on the phone sure trent was at Superlift, and mm-hmm. i was uh starting at jp magazine and learning the ropes and uh 
Trent would send me parts for magazine articles, and and uh, I knew Christian Hazel, uh, who's a good friend of mine and my boss, and then uh, John Capo also. They they both knew Trent, and they were like, "This guy's a great guy." And uh, but it's I, I don't, I'm just talking it's, about it because it's like. But at the end of the day, the the reason, the, kind of the ultimate reason I left, is, it, speaking to what you were just yeah. you know getting at or whatever. Uh, the the dirty little secret about magazines is they really don't pay very well, yeah. and it's really yeah. hard to eat parts. Yeah, and I was gonna time, I was gonna quote Trent and say <laughs> it's hard to eat parts. It's I mean, hard to eat. Parts. And then you guys super lift parts are delicious with a little salt and pepper. S and B, five minutes each side. Um, right. No, you guys also do a lot of builds too yourself. Which you were saying in the garage. The reason why you're saying if I'm in the garage, I don't know if I'm working or enjoying myself, is because. A lot of your work involves actually installing the parts or building your projects. Yeah, I do all kinds of things uh, where I'm installing a new, you know, it could be a new, very small, very simple install. And then I've kind of, I like teaching myself. I said I like teaching earlier, but I'm, I really do enjoy learning and teaching myself. But I like to challenge myself and try and learn things that uh, aren't necessarily that easy. So, uh not long after I started in the magazine, I got a welder and I learned how to uh, MIG weld. And I'm not by no means the world's best welder. But, but you can glue metal together? He's, yeah. He's pretty good, actually. And then uh, a couple years ago, I picked up TIG and uh, just self-taught. And Oh, he's being modest. Is what yes. I, I don't know about that. I'm not. I'm really not a great TIG welder, You're but I, I like it. Better than most, especially for somebody with no like certified formal you know training sure well i appreciate that but that, i that, i just uh, like i feel like if i'm going to write about something right. then i genuinely need to do it it's one thing to go into a shop and watch somebody else do it and you can write a story like that but at the end of the day like if you're not actually getting your knuckles into the, the grease game. you're not you're 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 doing everybody a disservice i mean yeah. i don't no, want to well you're 100 percent right i mean you, you when when you're when you're when you're right you know when you're so intimate with those parts or whatever and and things it's you you can you can write more intelligently about it and what i what i always loved and you know kind of building on what Vern was saying is that uh you know i i am kind of much, much, very much the same way i was teaching myself but but i think in some ways it gives you it gives you a unique perspective because mm -hmm. it's like i remember my one of my first big tech stories that i did is i installed a lift on a a 72 blazer and and i kind of approached it from the standpoint of I'm gonna figure this out just like the rest of you, and I'm gonna show yeah. you what and show you what worked and show oh, you yeah, what, did. what actually how it actually yeah. works. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's you you just you can't have that perspective if you're just if you're just watching over a tech shoulder Correct. and taking pictures. Right. I mean, you can you can learn a lot. I've spent a lot of time in shops with sure. some really accomplished techs that have taught me a lot, and sure. I um, I wish I could. You know who you are. <laughs> I'd like to give everybody a shout out, but yeah. also brain dead at the moment. Um, but it's yeah, no, show. I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it, the other thing is that it, within this industry, there's, there's no set way to do anything. Right. You, you, okay. Lots of people build Jeeps, even Jeeps that look identical are not the same. Right. And, and there's a huge amount of variation. I was talking Massive. to Pat, Pat Gramillion the other day who, mm -hmm. you know, he was talking about, he has that Jeep that's fully independent with the portal boxes and he built that 20 years ago. Yeah. 15, and that's oh, yeah, it's like, IFS with uh, portals. It oh, has, yeah. it well, has yeah. Hummer portals and Hummer centers, and uh, it's IF, IFS and IRS, independent all the way around. And I want to it works. Yeah, and I want to say it was built in around 2005 ish. Yeah. And, and like if it came out today, somebody would think it's like groundbreaking, but you're like, that's ah, been dead. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think nowadays, uh, no. yeah, if it, if it showed up today, it'd be like, yeah, that's kind of cool. But when he did it, even he said people were like, you can't do that. Like, huh. it's not going to work. And it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the way I would build it necessarily. But and he, like, crawls with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, a cool, it's a cool car. I think I just, my Richie point Bronco. is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's got a it's got a three hundred two in it. I yeah. think. Does it? Yeah, but uh, um, uh, there's just a lot of, and I don't want to say there's a room for being artistic because I'm probably not going to say I'm an artist, but there's a lot of room to try things and do things and see whether they work or see whether they are cool. Well, it's really neat with a lot of you know custom builds. And Vern and Vern has built several pretty unique cars. But what I find interesting is like, and and you see it even in the car industry too, where um, there's there's a certain eye that certain designers have. And I mean, whether it's like Chip Foose or Ken Diggett or Vern Simons or Stop. Chris Durham or you know or what you know any number of other people. But but I, my my point being is that um, it, it's interesting because you there you. There's a there's a fairly consistent look among each of those guys. I mean, you can you can once you really understand or look at their work, you can kind of see. Uh, you know what? I bet that's a folks build. The flow. Oh, yeah. you mean uh, yeah. the build itself? Yeah, the build itself or whatever. And so because they've got a lot of the same sort of design elements, and you see that. I think you know with Vern it, the 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 builds that he've done, which I guess we should probably run down. There's yeah. the the CJ6D. Um, the 89 Range Rover, uh, which was yours. Yep. So I um, built the last the last four Ultimate Adventure cars for the last four trips. Uh, we didn't build one last year because uh, we weren't 100% sure whether the trip was going to happen right, until right, relatively late because of uh, many things. But, yes, COVID yeah. certainly was a... So that's really, that's really but, interesting. But Real quick, the builds, though. Like, you build them for... The, so that's some of that's coming out of your pocket too. It's not like the magazine pays for everything. Uh, yeah, or? and especially like the uh, the last one that I did was uh, another uh, misconception. I think that's out there. Yeah, uh, the uh, UALRJ. I actually had to sell the Range Rover to help Before. fund it, build the other one, and it's like I get a, I get tires free. I get sure. you know axles. I get stuff. I'm still buying cars. I'm still buying light bulbs and. Oh, bits of wire and, and bolts and yeah and then it comes down to it and you need a throttle cable and you can't like you gotta yeah you gotta all the, get all on summit things and buy will it. nickel and dig you to death <laughs> oh mm-hmm. it's oh it's miserable yeah i mean and it's not i'm not bitter about that it's part of it but yep. it's also not like not everything's free for, for but, sure but that's the thing it's like people i don't know if the conception the misconception is that the magazine buys the car or what but like there's a there's a thought that you guys just get cars and you get parts, and you guys, <laughs> you know. Well, and they, in the past, we did get cars, like, directly from the manufacturer, or sometimes, very rarely, I think the company would buy a used car okay. of sorts for a project. But those cars pretty quickly become rental cars, and yeah. nobody takes care of them, and nobody wants to, because what? why would they? It's, it's not still your car. Yeah, it's and it's, it's a custom car, so it's not like you're taking it up to the Jiffy Lube to have the right. timing belt put on. That You show up in that and at your local place, and they're just going to be like, we're not touching that thing. So. Yeah. Uh, you're, uh, so we went on a trail together for the Center Force run, mm-hmm. and that's where I met both of you mm-hmm. um, and got more familiar with, like, you know, a little bit of what your guys' background was. And the thing that stands out the most, going back to the builds, was, Trent, you had, like, a chop top scout. Yeah, and that's that's actually one of Vern's Vern's builds. I mean, I oh, really? I, I had a I had a big hand in it as well. And yeah, it's, Trent, it's Trent's wired all these cars, and he also when oh, really? when I need a, a advice or another hand or 
to drink beers with somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trent's, Trent's my best buddy. Like he and I are, we're, uh, yeah, but we're together probably more than we should be. But <laughs> but going but going back to what I was saying is like birds builds when you when you see them together. Like and it was actually pretty interesting to me when we were in Moab um, and and like basically you had the LRJ, I had the Scout, yeah. and then Christian had the CJ60. Is it they? There's certain design elements that and they're very huh. different cars. But there are certain design elements that are common among them, and it kind of, that it's like Vern has a look just like these other, you know, big yeah. builders, well, and which I think I'm is pretty cool. Personally, very flattered by lots of things that my good buddy Trent has said here today. <laughs> but it's not, I'm not doing this in a vacuum. At the end of the day, I'm copying a lot of other people who build really cool cars. That's all a progression. But it's, it's all an evolution of <laughs> yeah. everything yeah. else. Yeah, and I mean, I've learned so much. You know, either through teaching myself something I want to know or from my friends or people that are part of this family in the industry. Trent himself, I've certainly learned plenty from because he was in the magazine industry before I was. And we yeah. both had our uh, our issues with uh, the paradigm of where, well, 20 years ago, they wanted you to live in Los Angeles if you were going to work yeah, at the magazine. And that's ultimately why really? I left. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. and, you and, had uh, to. And you had to go into an office every day. Yeah, and, and uh, I oh, yeah. the weather in Los Angeles is beautiful. Oh, There's gorgeous. way too many people there. Way the too traffic many. Sucks. And uh, traffic it's sucks. really expensive, guys. Yeah, like too, you yeah. can't build, you can't have a shop where you're building cars for a magazine. Yeah. In Los Angeles, unless and you don't need shot. a job and not get shot. Well, yeah, yeah. but Somewhere. if you <laughs> exactly if you can afford to do what I do in Los Angeles, you don't need to work for the magazine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Especially somewhere safe, and you don't have to worry about things yeah. getting jacked. Yeah. Well, and we're also, Vern and I both are very uh, incredibly fortunate enough to have some incredibly talented other fabricators in the industry that are, uh, that we, you know, are are in many cases, very close friends. And, and all those guys are are very inspiring uh, in, in, in many different ways. Yes. I've learned a lot from, uh, you know, like John Kappel was the first person that I worked for at JP Magazine. He was the editor. He had come over from being tech editor at Peterson's 401 Off-Road, and they made him head editor of uh, JP, and he and I were, we were definitely at, like, you know, a, a little two-person gang at the JP magazine, and we were working our butts off to make it awesome, and I learned a lot from him. I mean, He's an a, amazing fabricator. That was a really respected publication. It's Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it, a lot of people were sad when it uh, got shut down. Oh, yeah. I, 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 among them. I've said, <laughs> I've said this, I believe in public. I felt like I, like a couple of my friends died yeah. yeah it was like people passed away when yeah. they shut them down yeah agreed so, um and i've learned a lot from christian christian hazel is also incredibly talented at that i mean he's an amazing writer sure but he's also really good at like he's built some really cool cars that yeah. we kind of didn't expect yeah and uh well and you, rob bonnie chris rob, durham chris durham uh you know uh, people like pat Gramillion that are pushing the envelope and yeah. I mean, I know I'm going to forget people that have been pivotal in my life, but... but yeah. And these people are the ones that have pushed the game forward, too. Yeah. Totally, 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 yeah. They The reason we're, where we're at is because of them. And, and you guys were in it early enough to see a lot of where some of these companies that are now massive started. And oh, yeah. Yeah. The progression. Yeah, the, uh, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to get in right at the, just when, when rock crawling just exploded. And... Uh, I was actually, I was at the very, I, was, I shot uh, the very, very, very first rock crawling championship that was in Las Cruces, New Mexico. 
um, and everything. And you, I remember being there and remember thinking, man, you know, this is like I'm witnessing something really special happening. Oh, and and you know, and and rock crawling has kind of had its ups and downs um, since then. And and it's maybe not you know the what it, what it was, but it was definitely extraordinarily influential to the industry, just like desert racing and just right. like other and now. Just like overlanding, you and know, it pushes I mean, the technology. It, everything pushes, yeah, pushes yeah. the technology forward. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of rock crawling inspired technology that's at this show. Just like there's a lot of desert racing technology right. that's you know, and so totally, it's pretty cool. If the manufacturers yeah. only increase the GVWRs now, like yeah, they <laughs> we we joke and call it overloading. Overloading sometimes. for sure. Um, and uh, you know, I, I but yeah, like Trent's saying, when he was he was on the cusp, I was just a kid reading the magazine. Yeah. And, like, well, and I basically was too. I just was lucky enough to get a job. Right. Job in the industry. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, when I got my, before I got my job, I had no idea you could even do this. Mm. <laughs> Never yeah. even would have thought of it. Yeah. And I've been doing it for 22 years, like wow. said. And it's like this is my career, and I know that. But I, like said, before I applied for the job, I was like, I don't. I knew people worked at magazines and wrote for them. Oh yeah. It just never even crossed my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've gotten really lucky with you guys, actually. Uh, I worked with Ken, and I had three articles mm. in oh, three Ken issues. Oh, Ken Baker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. That's another. Great. Oh, yeah. Sean, well, Sean, yeah, Sean came through yeah. and and set it all up, and uh, just you know, Sean Holman. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah totally. Who's, uh, what's his exact title at? Oh, he's the. The dude. I don't know. One of the dudes. He's my boss, so I should is he, know. Is he technically Sorry, boss? Sorry, Sean. <laughs> Vern's boss. That's his, that's probably yeah. enough title. No, he's there. like the direct for like director of director truck or something? Contact, content I, director I don't, I don't of yeah. the truck group. I think is something to the effect. Well, I remember. I like. If I'm fired next week, it's probably for other reasons. Not, <laughs> not, not because you can <laughs> remember his title. Don't worry, this won't come out for a while. You, you're right, good. Right. Um, but no, I, I remember I went up, talked to Sean, and I said, "Hey, I've written a few things before, like uh, Outdoor by Four. I did an issue in there for the Jeep and." Um, I wrote, I've, I've written a few things. Uh, it's funny, you were talking about needing to have that visceral connection with a product, installing it, getting your hands dirty. I used to write for this uh, online thing called Urban Racer. Uh, I'm not sure if you ever so Urban, heard of it. I was, Sorry. I was more on road back in the day ah, yes. uh, with the import scene. And so I wrote for Urban Racer, but I, I wrote under their uh, ghostwriter for uh, Mazda. Okay. So mm -hmm. I would do all the Mazda features on the Mazda project cars uh, within the community. And they would send me pictures and say, write about it. Here's a parts list. Here's some pictures of the yeah. car. Go. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, but I have to, yeah, my, my, I want to meet my, the guy. I want to. The first feature I wrote was like that. It was a feature that yeah. John Kappa had shot and yeah. he handed me a tech sheet. And at the time we were still using 35 millimeters. So we had, I think we had slides. Slides. Yeah. Oh, really? And, uh, it was it was hard like that I, was rough i i had an almost identical experience i i my one of the very 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 first magazine articles that i did was a feature that uh, cole quinnell had shot and i and it 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 was at the time and it remains to this day my absolute least favorite thing to do okay. yeah you know because I, if you've if you've never if you've if you've never actually seen the truck and you've never actually talked to the owner of the truck how on earth are you supposed yeah. to speak intelligently yes, about the vehicle? Right. What, you know you, what, I mean? what you have to do when you write one of these magazine articles is you have to find a story. 
Yeah, and or it doesn't make it. And it's hard to it's hard yeah, to get that. Or you make a story, yeah. right? Yes, but yeah. but it's a lot easier if you have something to start with. You know, yeah, this yeah. guy's a his personality. Yeah, you know, it's hard. It's hard. I got it from his dad. Or yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know what. It's hard to get all that information off a text sheet and even like a phone call. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean sometimes uh, I'll do a podcast with somebody who's really uncomfortable, and we might do a small one with them and then come back later. And do something that's more natural, or sure, more, sure. Because it takes a while to really even just get to know somebody. Like, if you have a rapport with somebody, it's it's way easy. Sure, um, totally. And it's like it's just like with that. You see their vehicle, you meet them, you you hear like the way they talk, or maybe they're from South Africa, and like now you can even speak to where they come from and what the what the thought was that drove the build and the totally. direction the build went into. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think there's no there's no substitute for really being. I agree, but I think one of the like podcasts, like I you know I kind of went over my head for the first few years. Like I mean, I enjoy listening to podcasts, but yeah. now I find it to be incredibly. It's so much fun to listen to a podcast with people that I know sure. or know of in the industry, like because there's so much depth to all of us that that you don't. Yeah, you, know, you don't get Which it. Which we're going to get to. I want to hear the backstories on both of you. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we talked about the magazine. We talked about some of the work side of things. And I think a lot of people out there that listen to this are familiar with uh, the publication. Uh, you guys are owned by Discovery Network, right? Uh, we are. Yeah. Yes, I Old guess Tally, so. I think. Yeah. For now. Well, now it's now it because they just did the gigantic merger with Time Warner or oh, whatever. Wow. What the uh, hell was that? I don't I know. Don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so we were in a joint venture with Discovery, <laughs> and uh, the magazine company became, they used the name Motor Trend, which, you know, lots of people, I say I work for Motor Trend, and they're like, think that I write in the in Motor Trend magazine, which right. I do not. I mean, they you might have, have to, pulled a story over or something. Four -wheeler, but, right? Yes. Yeah. So Four Wheeler is part of Motor Trend, and Motor Trend magazine is part of Motor Trend. <laughs> Interesting. And, and then there's a bunch of, you know, Dirt Every Day and yeah. Roadkill and all that's part of it, too. So, And then a, Sean's podcast, uh, yep, Truck Show yeah. podcast, also part yeah. of it. Yeah, which is group. huge. and I, Massive. Yeah, it's good, fun to listen to. And, and, uh, well, he's got uh, LBC Lightning like as a co-host. I know. Dude, I grew yeah. up listening to that guy I know. When I lived in, yes, when <laughs> I lived in Los Angeles, yeah. that's who I listened to on KRQ. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. So crazy. I remember going, and his studio is badass. I've heard, in. I've heard. It's I've like never actually legit. been in there, but sound the soundproofing on the. Walls <laughs> oh yeah, I think it was you that was telling me yeah, about it. That dude, was it, like, I'm like me and Alan from KC went. I'm like, this is not bad. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> not they, too shabby. They boys. let me, uh, they let me intro it as Rick for Dirt, which was really cool. Nice. <laughs> um, but uh, but one thing I'd like to see come into magazines, which I haven't seen a lot of, you know, uh, Hunter Hunter's Gonzo style of journalism, of somebody really being boots on the ground or dude even my night last night of just experiencing the fringes of expo and yeah. what goes on somebody should be writing about that yeah and i don't know what the what the publication would be that would be ideal for that but i think we're missing some of that soul yeah kind of the social aspect yeah. of it yeah there's a, i mean especially like you said you said it right off the top it's a big family there's yeah. a lot to talk about 
that wouldn't get too many people in trouble. You know, that <laughs> could be fun to could be fun to listen to. No and, pictures, please. Yeah, dude, I stuff like sneaking into the KC that. party last Wait night. Wait a minute, what? Who stuck into the KC party last night? Was that was that Ollie and I? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, we had our wristbands, but we did. there was a lot of red tape to get in. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's yeah. easier there if we was just a go. Line. I was in there, and I had a wristband, and I kind of wanted to go sneak in just because it's more <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah. It's not a party unless you snuck into it. I mean, right. yeah. you know. <laughs> and it was such a good one that we did. We had to, like, help each other through a crack, and then yeah. I forgot about yes. people behind me. Trent was like, like, it was Trent was like you got to push this door on the bottom <laughs> of the door, and it pops open. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but all yeah, right. no, I totally agree. Like, kind of like more lifestyle, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, to be fair, in the past they have touched on uh, within one of the companies that I have worked for, which I couldn't tell you which one it was because we changed names every two years. <laughs> um, there that were sucks. there were some lifestyle magazines that yeah. were kind of you know single edition or or something like that, or uh, like just a few editions. The import scene had a really cool one called I think it was C sixteen magazine. Hmm. No, if you got, did you hear about that mm-hmm. one? No. That that was that was heavy, but you know, I guess the lifestyle ones never last. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of one of those things that that like changes. I mean, I don't think you would have had a party like that at Overland Expo five years ago. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe. I, I was I, I I was here, but I don't think I was in that party. I hear well, they've been getting progressively wilder. <laughs> last year was wild. They actually this year all the security precautions that KC took was a result of the party we threw yeah. last year. I, I heard something about that, but I, no comment. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was a wild time. But uh, what I what I do want to get into and have people know about is the why, right? Like, because there's got to be a reason that you guys are going to put yourself through the shit that you guys go through. <laughs> you know, the thankless hours. It's so you terrible. Know, the 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 financial strain. Yeah. Uh, it's, no, it's, it's not, not a terrible gig, but it's or it, there. There have been times when it's been. How'd you start? How'd you like? Was it your dad? Was it your mom? Like in off road? Yeah. I when I was a kid, there's pictures of me uh, holding toy cars and trucks and playing in the dirt. I just was always a kind of a dirt head. Like I went out, like a, my Matchbox cars didn't run on a racetrack. They were in a off-road. in an off road course <laughs> underneath an, a great big oak tree in my backyard. And uh, I had dirt. I had a couple dirt bikes. I had a, actually had one of those little bitty '70 Honda three wheelers. That was my oh, first, dude. my first set of wheels. And then I had a fat tire Yamaha 80, I think it was. Uh-huh. And then I had a some sort of a Honda. So I, I just like playing. But I also like exploring. My dad was a pretty uh, impressive guy who was a, a paleontologist and studied uh, fossil animals all over the world. Oh, wow. And he drug me, I'd say drag, he took me to many amazing places. Did he have to have a, like a off-road accessible? Yeah, so we, we were off-roading and he didn't, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't change a light bulb with oh, really? an, an engineer around. No, he, was, he wasn't that bad, but he was not mechanical. Uh, he could drive Where would off-road he really well. We spent most of the time in Land Cruisers, mostly Toyota Land Cruisers. Um, the first time I went out into the field i was i want to say i was seven years old and so it's it spans pretty good distance later on we were using mostly toyota uh crew or double cab trucks overseas ones you know diesels okay we had a few land rovers in there there was a unimog that like was part of one of the expedite expeditions that had to leave two days early to 
make it to wherever we were going at the same time that we got there. <laughs> so you well, and Mogs are rad. What, what Vern's failing to is failing to mention is that this is places like Egypt and Madagascar and like all, like we're talking like all over the world. Yeah, yeah. That's I was in, in Madagascar in 1984, which is before it. There's a you know there's a whole different political aspect to Madagascar that I am not going to even try and delve into. But okay. for a while, it was kind of like a you know, China closed their doors to outside. For a while, Madagascar was like, they were a colony and they were bitter and they were like... They shut it down. They were like, get out of here. Huh. And my dad was one of the first uh, scientists to kind of go back and and through peacemaking and, and teaching and showing the importance of what he was doing o- helped open up Madagascar back no to kidding. Western kind of, quote unquote, Western science, which is probably politically incorrect, but... Um, Everything's politically incorrect, <laughs> right? And uh, so he was—he went back in 1980, I think, the first time, and uh, that was like right when he was like one of the first scientists that was allowed back into the country. As far as I understand it, I could be completely wrong. And then uh, in 1984, he took my mom, who's also a scientist, and my sister and I to Madagascar, and we were there for—I think we were there for about a month—and it was Living it was in amazing. The well, we traveled all over and we stayed in hotels okay. and tents sometimes, but it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Is it like dig sites and stuff? Like yeah, there were, there were, uh, there were dig sites and, uh, he was also involved in, uh, uh, the, what's called the lemur center at Duke university, which is, was called the Duke primate center, which okay. is the largest collection of lemurs, uh, outside of the, outside of Madagascar. And it's a conservation, it's a place where they're, they're trying to breed lemurs to help reintroduce them uh into protected areas in madagascar oh, wow. so we were we actually that huh. that first trip uh we were uh getting some animals to bring back i mean we i say we i was seven so i wasn't really doing now? it or? lemurs don't make very good pets <laughs> they're uh <laughs> lemurs are cute uh-huh. and they like to move it move it <laughs> yes. and uh they're <laughs> fun to look at they're wonderful they're really not very smart. Oh, really? And they have really, really sharp teeth. Okay. And uh, uh, they don't, they don't, they honestly just don't do terribly well as pets. Okay. Um, Sounds like a lot of experience right there. No, we never, well, <laughs> we, we, I, we had to hand raise some of the lemurs when okay. I was a kid because sometimes mothers would reject the babies, um, but we never kept them as pets. And I've been around lemurs that are people's pets. They're also like very, uh, they, they get attached to one person and then they get very violent towards everybody oh, else. Okay. Hmm. And then sometimes also that person. And I, really? I don't, no, I don't understand why. I mean, nobody really knows why. Might be the intelligence thing. I don't know. They're cute. Watch them on TV. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the Madagascar movies. Yeah. Not a good pet. Not a good pet. All right. And so that basically stoked. Yeah, so he was, we were four-wheeling. He didn't think we were four-wheeling. He knew we were four-wheeling. He was into exploring, and and, and he, he would get four-wheel fever and be like, well, let's keep going a little bit further. <laughs> and, uh, See how far we can get. So I, I did that in Madagascar, and then he, was, he also had a field program in Egypt near, uh, near Cairo and uh, spent a lot of time out in the northern Sahara. And... Uh, we were off-roading, but that wasn't the reason we were there. And it's not like an off-roading venue. Like, people don't go out there to go four-wheeling. But right. uh, I I kind of fell into... I was 
always very mechanical and just fell in love with how things work and taking things apart and trying to fix them when they're broken. What was your first kind of project or step in? Uh, I had a few like four by fours. I had a, a 85 Toyota 4Runner SR5 when I was, uh, I guess I was in college and I put a, like a Skyjacker lift kit on it with out of leaves in the back and some, some, the cheapest shocks I could get. Right. And Cause they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't then and they, <laughs> well, they're more expensive now, but yeah. I was broke, and uh, I think I did like a 33,950 BFG all-terrains, which were a, a tire, because I didn't have to buy new wheels. So they would fit on the factory wheels. <laughs> like, it was cheap. Whatever gets you uh, to the trail. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And it was a fun truck. I've had many since then. I'm kind of a serial offender when it comes to uh, vehicles. But that's enough about me. Let's talk yeah. about my good buddy, Trent. Trent, how'd you get your store, bud? <laughs> um, I... I had always been an enthusiast. I've been a tr- subscriber to Four Wheel and Off Road for a, a lot of years, uh-huh. and uh, I was in college and decided I was going to be a journalism major. But I knew pretty early on that I did not. I didn't. I didn't want to be the the guy at the courthouse steps that's chasing down, you know, some attorney for a quote or right. something like that. I, I, that was not didn't appeal to me at all. And I really like magazines, and so um, yeah, I guess I. Uh, omitted that sorry to interrupt but when i was a kid i spent a lot of time looking at off-road yeah magazines. yeah and a so and in my and you know when i was growing up my dad had a jeep um a cj5 but it was kind of a steaming pile and and he was not an enthusiast per se yes we went camping and yeah we you know we did a little bit of exploring or whatever but but i wasn't i'm not going to say that you know we were avid you know i was no we were far from going to the backcountry every weekend or anything right. like that and so um so i kind of just came into it on my own and uh, and my dad my my dad is mechanical but he he he's not you know he wasn't the guy that's gonna go change a water pump on something or whatever right. he's gonna drop it off the shop but i do have um my mom's side of the family uh my my grandpa and my uncle were both uh lifelong mechanics and stuff like that and so i kind of i don't know i i i the, that part of it, I guess I, I inherited some of that or whatever. So anyway, um, I mean, it all starts somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, got yeah, yeah. Like my mom was kind of our, the car person and my, from my parents, she was, she's German and she grew up in Germany. And of course we all know Germans make the finest vehicles that there are <laughs> Porsche. I don't know. Uh, but she wasn't much of a car person, you but just she, have to do the rest she, of this I think she, that right. I think she recognized it in me and, and saw some part of herself. That's funny. What my I mom was interested in. My mom taught me how to drive stick shift. When yeah, I was like oh, my old. mom. It wasn't an option. We we both me and my sister knew how to change tires and drive a stick shift. Yeah. And it, my dad didn't teach us that. No, my, my dad. Mom, my yeah. dad didn't teach me either. That's so funny. Um, so yeah, that's right. I was uh, journalism major, and one thing led to another. And I I I had inquired with Peterson about if they had any sort of internship programs. I needed an internship to What's be the Peterson uh, Museum. Peter, no, Peterson Publishing. Oh, uh, this is that's the OG. That was the, is the Peterson Museum off of. Yes, Peterson yes. yes. Okay. So Peterson. So the origin. What is now Motor Trend or whatever is actually kind of be an evolution of what Peterson Publishing ultimately yeah, did. So cool. Robert E. Peterson was the guy that started Hot Rod out of his out of the trunk of his car, and there's a whole backstory the there. Fifties. Fifties. Uh, yeah. California. Fifties, yeah, and you know, so there's that's where Hot Rod and Carcraft and Chevy High and basically a, a whole bunch of the enthusiasts and, and, and uh, Peterson's Four Off Road. That's where the name came from. Yeah, 
four wheeler did not actually come from. But yes, yes, but yes you're correct. That, that's uh, Peterson's four wheeler from from that. So anyway, oh. I was uh, at the time Peterson, uh, Mr. Peterson was still alive and he still owned the company, and uh, and so I shockingly they really didn't have an internship program available, which you'd think. You know, a company that size with that many magazines. Well, wait a minute, Trent. Free? Okay, come on. Wait a minute, Trent. If you back in those days, the people that they were hiring to work there were getting paid so little that they were basically interns. Well, that's that's true <laughs> what too. Are you talking about they're well, all interns. And <laughs> and on top of that, it was and one of the reasons, like I said, that they didn't pay very well is that you know <laughs> the at the time they, they they could just grind you up and spit you out because there's five other yes, assholes yeah, yeah. behind yeah. you that will gladly yes, there take was the a position. line at the door but ready that's, to take I mean, the job that's anything though yeah. like, really. but yeah. but anyway so competition was hard though man. they were they were starting a new magazine called 4x4 power at the time and they were looking for a full-time salary position but uh cole quinnell who uh was the actually the tech editor at hot rod at the time uh, but he was transitioning over to this this new magazine as the editor um I don't know whether he saw something in me or what or whatever, but basically he set me up as an intern or as a as a temp for the summer. Okay. Um, and so I I was able to, you know, write a good chunk of the first issue of that magazine, which was really cool. And I mean, it That's was like very yeah, so so like perfect so time. Unique. to cut Oh yeah, it, so it's just sheer luck on my part, but. Uh, and then at the end of the summer, they offered me a job, and so I, that's that's ultimately. And then, and then, and that's when I really. It's kind of funny because like, and, and I've mentioned it before, but um, you know, I thought I was kind of a. Uh, I was in the know. I, okay. I thought you know, I man, I had read every magazine from cover to cover. You know, every four and off road magazine, right. from cover to cover, for years prior to that. I was, I I knew my stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so when you. Guys. It's yeah. like when you first learn to drive, and you're 15 and a half or 16, and, you know and what you're the right. world's best driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, it was it was like going to school. All These old timers are like there doing it. Uh, not yeah. just that, but I mean, so I, I I very early on gravitated towards the technical end of things. Okay. I, you know, I'm I'd much rather you know I'd much rather shoot a story and re- about rebuilding a transfer case than like going and covering an event like this, for example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would do that and I enjoy it or whatever, but I definitely. I loved, like I think, much like Vern, uh, I loved the you know being able to teach people something or whatever, and, and while I'm teaching myself at the same time, and so um, so I very early on gravitated toward the technical side of things, and you you need to know things like your splits for dense side Fords and say, you know the square body Chevys and round body Chevys and what came in those cars right. or what transfer cases and axles and all that stuff, and that you. You only learn if you're uh, just completely immersed in the subject yeah. matter. It's tribal knowledge. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. like they give you a handbook and you're yeah. like, all right, here's, uh, here's all your Especially before specs. the internet existed. Ex- as, yeah, yeah, especially no and, and email barely existed. Like, my, right. I got my, my internship, you know, slash temp position or whatever was all handled via snail mail because... Wow. Email didn't really yeah. exist at the I time. I sent yeah. pictures Crazy. in via mail. Yes. And my, yes. I, I sent articles that, yeah. my practice articles yeah. in via mail. Yeah, 35 I did have, four by six. I had a one up on you. I had an email address before I started working there. I, <laughs> yeah, I think I, yeah, I don't remember. I think I had a school email yeah, address. That's but yeah, that's all I mean. But anyway, so, so that's that's kind of how I got started. And then I just completely immersed myself in the subject matter and, and, uh, and have been doing it ever since, I guess, you know, one aspect or another. Yeah, I once at one point accused. So uh, John Capo was pivotal in hiring me, and as was Cole Quinnell and Rick Payway. And uh, I've, I think I've accused all of them of, as either 
creating my career but also ruining my life <laughs> Thanks for they, nothing. i'll they, take that they yeah. know they know what i'm talking about so yeah. i can say that to them but yeah uh, but it was it was so cool at the time to be able and what was what was the other thing that was kind of cool about the original peterson publishing um and and i should say that like uh, the the company sold Mr. Peterson sold the company during my tenure there. So I think the first iteration was EMAP. Yeah, EMAP so I, Peterson I, or, or Prime Media. No, no Prime Media. Yeah, yeah, yes, you're right. But anyway, but what was so neat about EMAP, that British building, company? Yeah, EMAP. Um, what was so neat about that company is that like uh, the outside my door uh, was the feature editor for Sport Truck Magazine. On the other side of our floor were the guys at Hot Rod. You okay. know the guys, the guys at Carcraft. You know, like I would, I would go. You were surrounded by a lot of talent. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would go to lunch with David Freiberger. You would pass Jeff Smith and Greg Baskerville in the hallway. You know, every day or every other day or something like that. So it was an, it just an absolutely incredible talent pool that was there. Yeah, uh, and a it lot was, of creative My people. experience there was the same. I mean, it was being in the office was amazing. I bashed having to live in Los Angeles, but being in that office being in that environment office was, pretty, was cool. pretty amazing. I mean, being the, the fact that I knew, I, I, I knew Gray Baskerville, you know, who's, who I don't, uh, I, the people that aren't in the hot rod world probably don't, you know, know that name very well, but he was a legend. Really? Yeah. He's the, he's the Granville King of the hot rod world. And, uh, and you and had stuff, that resource so, right next door. And he, yeah, he was just this old crotchety old grouchy old guy that was actually, he was a funny dude, but yeah, he was a grouchy guy. And, and I'm, I'm extremely fortunate to have, you know, known that. And like, and Freiberger, you know, who's now, you know, roadkill and everybody, you know, household name sort of a thing or whatever. But, um, yeah, they probably don't even realize that he has, he's a, an incredibly talented driver. Yeah. So, and that's there's, how we got to start. There's something to be said about, cause everyone wonders like, Oh, how do you get these awesome jobs or how do you, you know, there's a little bit of ambiguity in, in terms of how much you guys make fine, but there's also <laughs> this, this really like, uh, there's reverence placed on, you know, wow, being a magazine editor and how do you get that job? That's so crazy. You know, part of it's passion, right? Your drive, sure. but it's also just being like you, you said luck and I, and I guess that's what you call it, but it's just being open to any opportunity at any given moment. That's what's, I think sets the difference between the guy who has that job that everyone else wants and the person who doesn't is just being open or saying yes or taking that chance on something maybe you're not the greatest at but you're gonna yeah do totally damnness oh, i mean it's yeah i still feel the same way about my writing and my photography like i think they're adequate yeah maybe sometimes they're good <laughs> but that's not really the point it's kind of like the whole like i think what i'm offering is the whole package and hopefully people are willing to overlook photos that aren't that and great. It, well, and it's, <laughs> it, it's, you know, kind of touching on something you said a while ago, you know, I, with the, with the magazines going away, it's kind of sad because there's not really, there's not really a good, well, much fewer, I should say. I mean, cause the magazines still exist, uh, you know, four wheelers still exist, hot rods still exist, but there's, there's not nearly the opportunities for actual vetted authoritative, uh, content, you know, any, any, any idiot with a Gmail account can start a YouTube channel. True. And, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of misinformation out there. there. I mean, there's a there's a lot of don't don't get me wrong. There's a lot of very good information on YouTube for sure, without question. But there's a whole lot of bad information on YouTube as well. Yeah. And so, in there, you know, at least at one time, yes, there was we, this. Even when vetting. we were very new and didn't know what we were doing and thought we knew everything, we had people looking we had, over our we shoulder. We had people yeah. look, looking down on us and that, yeah. that would 
made sure that would draw us back when we w- took a step too far. But, but right. and that that doesn't exist anymore. And so now it's 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 much more challenging to get good authoritative, you know, especially on the tech side of things, <coughs> good authoritative information yeah. um, because there, it, you know, you any you can just social media is the same way. Yeah, you I mean, have to you have to rely on you know follower numbers as the the uh that's the only metric to well and that's not even you know often is not even no i know i know know. know. but that's what everybody talks about there's all following following count yeah Yeah. i mean yeah there's a lot of great people with small followings you call them micro influencers um who do really good stuff and are humble i think it's the humble guys right the like the way i like to approach it to myself is like i don't know yeah, well, exactly that's the other I'm thing doing. is like if you're getting into the magazine industry to be, get rich, you're doing the wrong thing. Oh, for yeah. sure, for and, sure. And I feel like it's kind of the same way. Except Unless you're you, buying a magazine, which you, even then, yeah. Uh, that's probably a good way to turn a, a large fortune into a small one. A small fortune, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's. I think it comes down to being genuine. Yeah, if you're getting into this because you want to get rich, if you're getting into being an influencer because you want you're to right. get rich, yeah. that might work out for you. But Well, it's like this well, podcast. Frank and I started it going, hey maybe we'll be able to pay for our gas off of it. Yeah. But we want to do it because we have stories to tell and it'd be rad to like, we were going to do video and I, I, want, I wanted to do video and it's like, hey, nobody got time to edit video. Yeah. Uh, that's a yeah, full-time job. In yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I have people, friends that I appreciate their, their feedback who tell me that I should do more videos. Oh, and it's geez. like, I just don't have, I don't have time. Are you going to edit it for me? Sure. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I've said that. Will you come shoot it and edit it? Oh, but we I, don't know how to do that. I'm well, guess just, what? I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of curious, like what, what the next evolution of the magazines mm. or that, that, that source of vetted authoritative content where, what that's going to be. I don't believe it's going to be YouTube. I don't believe it's going to be social media. But what is that going to be? Because that that void, there's an incredible void that's there, and and it's going to get filled by something, and yeah. I just don't know what that's going to be yet. There is a there was an editor for uh, I think he was chief editor at the time, uh, John Aderi over at Super. He was at Super Street Magazine. Okay. And then uh, ended up becoming creative director with the Hoonigan, mm-hmm. that crew. And now I think he's over at Fuel. I think. Real Pros bought Hoonigan, so now he might, I don't know exactly where he's at. He's somewhere else. Anyways, long story short, like he started something way before its time called Rice Boy TV. Mm-hmm. And Rice Boy TV was a fully immersive website with video, articles, just like a content, like smorgasbord, like just mm-hmm. an explosion of content. And it didn't take off because it was really early. But I wonder if maybe like some type of content hub like that might be i'm kind of leaning that way myself that yeah. that's something that combines like elements of forums so there's some interaction yeah. uh with yeah. you know video content of i course think is the, key. the interactivity the, events one of the things that we've lost with the magazines is the uh, the archive and i i yes. feel like that's oh, so social media Wait, is very the archive oh no we just you, it, there isn't there isn't this repository of five different off-road magazines that you can go back to three years later and dig into anymore oh really yeah, yeah. well and 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 motor trend has done an absolutely terrible job with i mean the, they, they put a con a lot of content online oh, yeah you don't anything, work for them anymore right and it, yeah no i well i don't that yeah. was Trent, know, not Vern. i yeah. work for the company yeah. i would never well, say that they, i mean but i'll go ahead i mean on the record I, I i will go ahead and say it on the record and and i and there are there are certain other people that are within my eyesight that maybe think the same way but uh the 
he's, he's, his back is turned to Vern, by the way, just letting you yes. know. He wasn't looking, the, actively looking at me. The, but but uh, my point being is that there was a, there's an incredible repository of good quality content that's there. And they've really, and if it's older than a couple of years, I think maybe, I think about three years old, um, it's it, most of the, it might be there, but most of it's broken. Like the captions are gone. Yeah. And I, water, I, I know you, there, like you can go back and look at YouTube videos from five years ago, but everything that everybody's like, at least it seems to me, everything that's hot is everything that's new and, and, you know, uh, you know, going viral. Like that's what people want. And I that's guess. not really like, that doesn't help you when you're trying to figure out, you know, how to swap out a, you know, put disc brakes on a 14 bolt or something. Right. right. Dude, I, uh, I watched speaking of YouTube right before I left for the show. I, I left a little late cause I was up until 2 AM, um, reseating or I had to remove a tire from one of my bead locks and yeah, the bead part, everyone's like, yeah, it's a bead lock. No problem. I'm like, well, yeah, it's the still inner bead, the inner bead yeah. still seats dirty little secret. And it's crazy hard. Uh, oh yeah. And I watched be. this video of this South African dude showing four different ways of doing this with a uh, high lift, uh, with Max Tracks rolling it on with his rolling onto Max Tracks with his vehicle, yep. but at this point it's 12 a.m. and yep. I can't turn on the Jeep and you know do this. Um, and so next time you can call your buddy Trent or Vern and yeah. we'll tell you because we've done all of them. Too. Well, dude, I, I learned how to use <laughs> I learned how to use a, um, a Pro Eagle with a wood block uh-huh. on top of the tire and then jacked it off my bumper oh, and yeah. a couple different points on the tire and finally got the. Man. He, said, he said Jack. Jack yeah, jacked it off, uh-huh. man. Um, on, on <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't let that pass. Off the vehicle. And uh, it's okay. We, we're, we're five years old sometimes on this often. <laughs> Good. Um, Good. <laughs> but but it, it really like made me realize, damn, like some of this stuff, especially first time around, is difficult. And yeah. finally got the wheel out, struggled to get it back in, got it in, and then hammered very quietly to center the... the right, right. Because your neighbors are all yeah. asleep. Oh, yeah. my God. They... So like you're hitting it, I'm hitting it with my like, you know, five pound sledge, like doosh, looking around, right, right. giving it a break, hitting it again, yeah. finally seating it, thank God. And then seeing uh, if lights are turning on next door. <laughs> dude, I, I, I seated the bead with a bike pump. Like, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I couldn't believe it worked. That but, took a long, that would have yeah. taken a long yeah, time. It did take a lot. My arms were very tired. Anyways, but the point is you could use, I think, I think things like YouTube are great for sure uh, for stuff yeah, like no, that. Totally, for totally. a reference, you know. And no, you I totally agree with that. Take it for what it's worth and see if it works, and then yeah. But yeah, the the amount of I'm totally I'm totally the old man standing on the, his no, lawn yelling get at off the kids. My lawn. But, but <laughs> I it's recognize like, that so much information that is is almost presented as though it is gospel or fact, right. and yes. it's not. Yes. yes, and I think that's the problem. I've see, I'm not going to lie. I use videos from YouTube. I'm also. YouTube oh, me- mechanic certified. Mm-hmm. You got um, your, your, uh, your certificate on the yes, wall. Uh, it, it can be incredibly, it can, incredibly helpful. It can. And then you'll watch other videos that you are like, what? Like somebody could get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Please chalk your wheel. <laughs> People have gotten hurt. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 Or it's just, or it's, yeah. Or it's just flat out wrong. Right. Yes. You yeah. Know, yeah. Flat yeah. out incorrect. Or we're going to try 15 ways to do this wrong and then maybe touch on the right way. Right. <laughs> So now you're at Center Force, mm-hmm. Trent, mm-hmm. and uh, Vern, you're still riding actively yes. for a four-wheeler. Yep. And, uh, and then you guys are doing, uh, you guys have been pretty consistent with the event stuff. It seems like you're on the trail often. Yeah. yeah. We go out more often than probably we should. Really. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's part of it. You get to reset. You get, like I say, my, my church is being outdoors. Yeah. Like that's, sure. my, 
that's my religion is being able to get out in the dirt absolutely and uh trent and i are lucky enough to get to go to you know easter jeep safari and yeah pretty much any event that we want to go to um and then uh, also the big thing that we look forward to every year is getting to play with our friends on ultimate adventure yes that's 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 pretty awesome yeah that's that's uh that one's uh you guys basically invite people submit uh their builds and then you invite x amount of people from those plus plus a little entry fee and then they get to have this there's no there's no entry no you have to you have to pay for your own gas and hotels and stuff like that got it so uh, just just like what you normally pay yeah yeah trip If, if you were on the trip without us it hopefully wouldn't cost anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you do have to buy me beer. Yeah. I should let everybody know that. The cool thing about being on a trail with Vern. <laughs> That's I a complete lie. <laughs> from experiences. I think all of his years spent with his father, because it makes sense now. Yeah. He'll, he'll start breaking down. Yeah. He'll start breaking down the rocks around oh, you. Yeah. No, it's, I love going out with him. It's so that. rad. At first, I thought he was like pulling my leg. Like I hear it on the radio. and He's like getting into detail about some formation of rocks or the type of rock. And it's like, oh no, he's he actually know he's actually saying what it is. And yeah, I had a very cathartic moment when I realized I was a nerd. Yeah, and I was probably <laughs> in my twenties. I was like, oh shit, Gosh, I'm a nerd. But I kind of like being a nerd. Yeah. I like learning. I really love learning about stuff. And geology is one of the things that floats my boat. That's so cool. Well, and you got a degree in it, don't you? I have a minor in geology. I have a master's degree in uh, uh, biology. I have a. Uh, I taught. I was actually. I don't know whether people know this or not, but I was actually a college professor for a couple. Well, no, for a no. year, for a couple of quarters. Oh, wow. I had taught a class of 175 students wow. at Ohio University. It was a non-majors class. I have like two reviews on rape my professor. If that's still a thing. <laughs> if you uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, they're pretty Vern, good. I Vern's, think. Vern's kind of a sharp guy. Yeah. Nah, it. come on. But, I don't know what the hell you. But you know, between both of you, it's like yeah, you guys could be total dicks if you wanted to, but. You just go with the flow. You love being part of the industry. You love being part of the community. Um, and I think that's that's where the longevity comes in of people who... Yeah, really well, I I feel like my career... And I, I feel... I know Trent's the same way. Like, our careers have come out of this place of passion. Like, we... Yeah. This, is, this is where we want to be because this is where we want to be. And we make the choice to interact with it in a helpful and useful way. Yeah. And you can, you can come at it from uh, another standpoint and, and, and you might not get the same acceptance, I would think. I mean, I, I, the, you know, this industry is very large, but it's also incredibly small. And so, and I, and I, as well as Vern, and I'm sure Ali, you have as well, you know, if you're, if you're doing something kind of shady or you know, or you're, or you're not straight up with people or whatever, out you quick. don't, well, you don't generally last very long. It right. seems like those guys usually end up disappearing about, you know, at minimum three or maximum three years or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and so. it doesn't mean like bodies and you know, drums and <laughs> depends on like how bad it is. What like, like me, but right, right. <laughs> they, no, they but find another industry. Yeah. yeah they, they go find, well, you just, you don't, the industry is small and tight knit enough that you know you screw somebody or whatever, it, it it's not going to it's not going to last. There gonna, there are yeah, a few yeah. people that have disappeared. I yes. don't think they're dead, yes. but they're yeah. they're they're just not around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody so, knows where they are. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I think that's by their choice. Yeah, yeah. So, I, and that's one of the things I love about this industry is like well, while and and it's even the automotive indus- the automotive aftermarket as a whole, um, while it is an incredibly large. I mean the aftermarkets. I, 
I don't know how many billions of dollars right. in sales yep. a year or whatever. It's actually still incredibly small and, and tight knit from a networking standpoint. And, uh, correct. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it I mean, not in, in life, it generally doesn't pay to be a dick, but, uh, you know, specifically here, it's not a good idea. Well, and then it, you're <laughs> also talking about industry where everyone's got their hand out. Yeah. Right. There's that. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm sure you guys deal with it. I mean, fuck, I gave, uh, I, I bought l- uh, Sean dinner or lunch and got, got him a bottle of the brown water. Uh, when, you know, I made my, my approach that, Hey, I'd like to write some articles and, <laughs> and he's like, you have my blessing. You, you know? have my <laughs> blessing. You've given me the brown water. That's I'm funny. Like, I know the way to his heart. I didn't know cigars. So I didn't even try. Right. But, uh, I'm but, with yeah, you. The water. I got yeah. it. Um, well, cool guys. I mean, shit, it's already an hour. I thought this was only going to be half. And I feel like we still have even. Oh more. yeah. We could keep going. I want to go on a trail. Trent and I have done a couple of these together and it's a lot of fun. I want Frank to come. I want us to go out on a trail on some one of these trips we have room for another mic and then talk about fucking rocks and and then get down on one of the builds like one of the things i love seeing about both of your builds you both had similar uh containers for your uh your overflow oh yeah that's kind of yeah. that's so, kind right. of that's one a, of my that's a Vern signature yeah that's one of those Vern signatures i, was I don't want to give about. away too much detail but it, i have a nalgene bottle in mine nice nice i feel like i bonded with you guys over that because yeah. i was like Oh, kindred spirits. The, sp- the standard for a vehicle that's just been finished is a Gatorade bottle, the whole drill in the <laughs> lid and a piece of hose. Right. I have some vehicles that have been together for mm, about a year that still have a Gatorade yeah, bottle. Yeah. In if them. it works, you know, it works. Oh, yeah. Move on to the next thing you got to fix. Right. Indeed. Yeah. If it, if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it. That's right. All right. Well, I'm going to pay the bills real quick. Uh, I, this, I guess this is going to be its own episode. Um, you guys don't have to share the space with anyone. Ooh, um, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thank man. You. I'd like to this say awesome. thank you. This is a lot of fun. Did, yeah. I, I liked the fact that I could just end my week at Overland Expo with a couple of good dudes chilling, relaxing. It's a nice way to start the morning because I wasn't really too keen on walking around too much. So, right. Yeah. Hey, I well, think we might be all over walking around, Dude. except for Trent, who's been in a booth the whole time. Yeah, well, no, and I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to hook up because I, I, I totally... Ooh, <laughs> I totally flaked on you yesterday. So yeah, so I did the fun. same well, thing. No, the, the funny thing Sorry. was, I couldn't remember what booth he said he was in. I didn't. To, to I be didn't fair, I think it. I had. I think I'd had a a few uh, Marley and bar, Marley Hot infused pops. waters. Yeah, I might at have that point. Well. So yeah. hop, hop tasting water. Yes, yeah. yeah, I mean, you showed up and you're like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'm like, for what? And you're like, yeah. the podcast. I'm like, oh, 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 I guess it worked out, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot to. <laughs> Nice. Uh, but we got it. We got it this morning, and it was great. And I kind of went the way I thought it would, where it's just you know, you guys are both very interesting, and I think people are going to be stoked to to hear some of your story and hopefully inspired. Well, we think we're interesting, but yeah, our, I, I think we're fascinating. Our moms really think we're <laughs> interesting. <laughs> My mom thinks I'm the best. People will people will beg to differ. Um, but uh, first up, Milestone Tires uh, has helped uh, kind of keep our adventure going. Uh, I love the Patagonias. They've been on the Jeep now for a long time. I, I've run other tires as well, which are also have been great. So, you know, my, I can never be the guy that's like, this is the best, and that's it, because it's not, right? And different tires are good for different things. And I like Miles tires because they're, they're good all-around tires on the Patagonias, uh, on the street or on the rocks. Like, it's I, good I can get around. behind that. I'm Switzerland. I, I, yeah. I, like, I like all the tire brands. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and you have to because they all work for yes. the most. I mean, like there's a couple brands which have, I don't know, questionable like processes of laminating new tread to. I haven't heard like I've heard things. Huh. Like, there's companies like that out there. I wouldn't go for that, but 
Generally, you, the Falcons, the Toyos, yep. uh, any Noxes, name brand. Yeah, yep. they, if they you, have too if much to lose. It, yeah, because yeah. their shit is supposed to keep your vehicle upright, and if it fails, yeah. there's major liability. So yeah. you could pretty much guarantee that those major brands have done the homework, and their oh, yeah. shit's gonna yeah. work. Yep. Yeah, right? for sure. But Milestone is my entire choice, and I love the family over there, and they treat me good, so I, I'm, I'm happy. Um, yeah, Martin's kind of fun. Martin's a good Martin's time. A good Andrew's Martin's fun a good time. Too. Yeah, Andrew's, Andrew's a cool guy, dude. Like I said, it's about the people, right? Yep. yep. Absolutely. And uh, so I've got three more. Uh, Innova. Have you guys heard of Innova? Uh, Electronics? Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you I used any other products? I actually have a scanner that's an Innova. Okay. Do you use it? An OBD2 yeah. scanner? Yeah. 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 They're, that's what they're known for, OBD2 scanners. But they have a, they have a, I mean, they have tools that I think you'd love. Uh, snake cams. Thermal, oh, yeah. Thermal cameras. Uh, oh, cool. Like power I checks. love tools. That's like... I'm a cheap bastard, but one thing I like to spend money on are tools. The tools. Yeah, I mean, buy one, cry one's for you, especially like 1 o'clock in the morning and you're wrenching on something. You don't want something to break and then yeah, not yeah. have that one yeah, thing. Totally. Or, or yeah, Or be in the middle of nowhere and same yes. thing happens. Yeah, same yeah thing, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and anyways, Innova makes a lot of cool tools. Like uh, they even have this, my favorite is their, I could send power to a circuit. Yeah, yeah. Like a power probe. Yeah, yeah. it's a, called the power check. Actually. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, they, the no. Power probe might be trademarked. It's, it's so the, sorry about that. No, no, but it's uh, it's. But we know it. It's meant. a similar product, and they actually, I think, went into some litigation against each other, and it, oh boy, it all washed out I, to where I just they both in it apparently. No, they both get to uh, do their thing. Yeah. So well, good for them. So I I've, I uh, having used that style of tool, I can assure you that I think they're very helpful. Yes, Dude, I, especially with lighting. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wire cars on the side and, and yes, I use do you? it quite often. Uh-huh, I do. Have you ever uh, transferred all the electrical from the front of the engine back to the rear of the vehicle? Mm-hmm. Like batteries and everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been I was thinking about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that Re- rear mounted battery. Like br- clean up some of that stuff under the engine, yeah. bring it yeah. inside. Yeah. You know, reduce some of the. The length of yeah. wire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, main thing you just got to be careful of. I guess if you move the battery to the back, is just make sure you step up the gauge of the wire. Yes. So the other thing right. is that you've got a very powerful electronic device up in the front that you have to have big cables that then run the whole length of the car. Right, like the alternator. It's not a speaker, but you got the alternator, you got the winch, you know, like a winch. Winches, Trent can attest. That's true, huh? Yeah, a the winch, winch. A winch will burn up a yeah. terminal off a battery if you yeah, use it hard enough. Burn, yeah. Yeah. Really, five hundred amps, easy. Yeah. Wow. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I had my flop, I flopped last week on the driver's side. Aww. Can't even tell. Those steel, those steel fenders. Like, I'm glad. I'm glad the but product. It looks I beautiful. Have. I didn't yeah. even know. Yeah. But, although I think I did hear about it. Yeah, it flopped. It was an easy. It was like probably the best flop you could have hoped for. I like Ali because he's an entertaining person to watch on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> Trent, I, did, I, I think Trent had a moment where he's like, I don't know if I like him or. What? Well, yeah, Trent was uh, leading the trail, yeah. and I wasn't. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to do it. Okay, fine. I'll do your line. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> uh, Always no. list. Trent is a very good spotter. Really good spotter. I mean, you just you felt a lot of confidence on the trail. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't really listen to spotters, but Trent's one of the ones I'll listen to. And oh, your and your build, man. <laughs> oh, that chopped that chopped build with the Cummins and. The way you drive it, it just that thing goes everywhere you want it to go, no problem. The thing's pretty rad. Pretty rad. I mean, I I hope I, I need to grab some photos and like post it when we do the story of showing your guys' rigs. Yeah, t- Google Google the uh, ultimate international. Ultimate international. Ultimate yeah, international. or ultimate the adventure. Ultimate, yeah. ultimate in- international, and, and uh, that should bring up a bunch of stories and pictures. The, and while you're at it, you could hey, uh, the UALRJ, uh, which is Vern's uh, latest. 
bill. U A L R J. Uh, the U A L R J. It's a it's a, a a nod to the first Jeeps, which kind of started the off road industry, in my opinion, if not in fact. And an homage to the Long Range Desert Group. Yes, well. and also an homage to the Northern Sahara, where I already said I spent some time. Right. And uh, veterans from uh, World War Two, who and veterans in general because mm-hmm. they're awesome i kind of sometimes feel like i have a stolen valor by building a fake military vehicle but it really is meant as a i wanted to build something that that somebody who was in world war ii and the northern sahara would really like to drive or a guy that was gotcha. in afghanistan would really like to drive almost period location correct yeah i tried to put some of the history in there because like i said i'm a nerd and i like mm-hmm. learning but uh uh, but it makes these builds so interesting. Like it's something that I think I, it's not very well armored. But I bet guys a few years ago wouldn't have mind driving one, driving it around in Afghanistan. Right. I'm not shipping it over there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> that was sort of it's a I nod we, to lots of people. I think I we've completely derailed his. Uh, no, no. Oh yeah, fine. we have. It happens. Tangents are a common thing on this podcast, which work out really well. Fifty percent all the time, whatever that is. Also, yeah. I'd like to thank my dogs who have been very good. They've been now, so good. I heard one bark. Yes, now Chili is licking my knee. Sorry, go ahead, Ollie. Chili's Chili's a beautiful dog. What's the other dog's name? Hank. Hank. Hank's such a sweetie. Yeah, Hank's Hank's always happy. Yeah, I loved having dogs around. They just make everything so much. Yeah, more. dogs are chill. some of the best people. The green. <laughs> they really are. Um, all right, so Magnaflow. I'm sure you guys have a lot of oh, experience yeah. with Magnaflow. Rich over oh, there. Yeah. Um, sure, it's on a lot of your projects. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of exhaust companies. I've definitely there. used them several times in my my tenure at the magazine. A, uh, up until very very recently, I had an 06 Chevy truck that had a Magnaflow exhaust system on it, basically a cat back system. And I want to say it got put on. I'm going to say around 20,000 miles. And when I sold that truck, it had 160,000 miles. Oh, wow. Uh, never had to touch the exhaust system. It was yep. so, and it all and it, did, it sounded good. Sounded sounded great. It sounded great. But actually, it's funny. My neighbor uh, across the street, um, who she was, you know, she's like, "Are you going to sell your truck?" And I was like, uh-huh. she, I was like, "No." And she's like, "But I love the way it sounds." Nice. She she yeah, loved nice. the way the thing. You it know, sounds. It, was, it, it sounds was good when you want it to, but it wasn't wasn't yeah, too loud. It was mellow, but it was definitely not stock. You yeah, know right. what I mean? So I love I love that system. Yep. Yeah. We did a we did an event with Magnaflow, uh, Rick for Dirt and Magnaflow, and we had like forty plus companies come out. And somebody, Jerry from uh, Camberg, said he thought it was like a thousand plus people who showed up. Wow! And Magnaflow rolled out the red carpet for us. Like awesome. they had a coffee person, they had portos, like the nice ones. Like they really did it up. And you know they're really about the community too. And so between having a solid product, supporting the community in a real way. Um, and I'm sure supporting many projects out there yep. of inspiring people sure. uh, to push their own limits. Uh, they're just a great, great brand with the right people at the helm. Um, and I'm thankful to have their partnership on this podcast because it's just, it, it fits. Um, and finally, last but not least, uh, Rebel Off-Road uh, location in Laguna Hills. They just opened it up in uh, Texas as well. Have you guys ever worked with them on any projects? Mm, I have not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the name. I, but I, I am too. I do you guys do a lot of work with like different shops or do you kind of stick to uh, your shops? Probably because I'm, like I said, I try and do too much myself. I, I, uh, I, do, I do most of what I do myself. And it's not, because I don't, it's not because I think I can do it better than anybody else. It's just because I feel like 
I can write a genuine, a better story right. after doing it. And really talk about like, like you know, when I did the articles, the three magazine uh, issue, the first one was kind of like getting it prepped, getting it ready. The second one was like, and it was so quick too, because I only got X amount of words. Right, right. And then 20 pictures, right? Right. Uh, with captions. but It's hard, isn't it? It yeah, is. It's, it's it really is. hard just to do the, the cliff note. Yes. point yeah because I, I want to get really technical and detailed and yep. it's like and, no this and you is just not can't that. do it you yeah can't. it's a finite amount of space but you need to give nod and credit to everyone who helped you and yeah. anyways made it work um the second one was about the actual install and then the third one was hey here's all the shit that we've encountered since mm -hmm. and some of the shit that we encountered during right and here's things that you need to avoid or consider when you get to the point where you want to do it yourself sure so, sure yeah. i think a lot of these shops and uh I we I mean I've run into people from Rebel at various off-road events mm -hmm. and uh, I certainly know the name. Yeah. Uh, but and they're they're unique to Ali but they're I mean there's a lot of really amazing sure. companies that in our space yeah. that that uh, know how to pull off some pretty incredible stuff. And the cool thing is is like yeah you could do the work and maybe you're kind of handy but if it's like something like your brake system and you're not super mechanically inclined and you think I mean, I would always encourage somebody, if you really want to do it, you should go learn. And the best way to learn is do it. Totally. But sure. you're better off just taking it to a shop. Yeah. If you have you're well, going to make mistakes. Yeah. If you're doing something like a ring and pinion, uh, yeah. a ring and pinion swap, that is oh, not you a beginner's. Have to go to a shop. Yeah. That yeah. is not a beginner sort of a thing to do. I mean, you yeah. don't have to, but I guarantee you that two hour job is going to take you probably 15. Yeah. Um, and it's a good way to spend a bunch of money that you didn't intend to spend. Right. Because uh, you're going to do it again. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. Yeah. From what I hear, it's easy to burn up a, a gear set. Oh, it's, it's extremely easy. Make many mistakes. Yeah, it's not just yeah. like. Yeah, it's easy to it's easy to install it incorrectly. It's easy to damage new parts that right. you're installing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, definitely it, something that is better to let somebody who does it all it, the with time. Specific terrain opinions. You're dealing with three axes, and there's a very very small window where all those axes are correct. And the measuring tools and the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah the way there's lots, lots of money and tools and and, yes. and lots of experience. Lots of experience. I always go to Premier West Gears out in Riverside. My buddy Carlos right. has a shop there. And nice. Just every time I go to a show, take it over there, check everything out. Yeah. Maybe, a seal usually has to be replaced and right in the theory reasons. you could do it for the first time and get everything dead nuts on you could i guess but, but <laughs> if but, you uh, if you choose to tackle it i would strongly recommend that you have some sort of expert or something a backup vehicle. A few of them. i can guarantee you the second time you do it is not going to be easy <laughs> no no <laughs> unless you're doing like the exact same axle right you know with the exact same gears and everything right. but if it's your commuter don't don't do, do it on the right. weekend. Don't do that. Yeah. No, don't do that. Don't start, don't start that on a that. Friday yeah. and expect right. to get to work on yeah. Monday. Yeah. 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 Sunday night, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> Friday. <laughs> 3 a.m. Still still wrenching. God damn it. I got to get to work. <laughs> Anyways, but Rebel Rebel would be the shop to go to to make sure it's done once and done right. And uh, and they take care of my buddy Frank really, really well. And they're also creating parts like bumpers and racks and stuff. So it's cool to see a lot of how the, a lot of these companies have pivoted during like COVID especially and started to like really take control of their own destinies by getting into the parts game in addition yep. to being in the service, you know, uh, world. And I think it'll it'll probably pay dividends huge for them later. I mean, shit, they already opened up Texas, so it must be doing something right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we, I think the industry did amazingly well. Yeah. Yes. I mean, sure, amazingly. we lost a few companies and, you know. Mm, in 2019, if you didn't, if you were in the automotive aftermarket and you didn't have a really, really good year, you were doing something very, very wrong. wrong. Yeah, it well. was, it was like printing money. Yeah, well, right. it was just everybody was at home and they were bored, yeah. so they started working on their cars. Yeah. They had some extra cash too mm -hmm. to spend, and 
Thank um, goodness. <laughs> yeah, but one thing one thing I'll say if it's any any CEOs, CFOs, any uh, marketing directors out there listening to this podcast, you cannot fucking comp off of last year and expect the same exact results this year. There's so many things against you. <laughs> yeah. People are going back to work. Gas prices are high. Like you're driving your marketing teams nuts. I've been having conversations with people going, <laughs> they just expect me to do 20%. Like, or it's, the other guy was like, they expect me to do 30%. I'm like, off of what? Well, off of what we did last year. I'm like, Bro, I'm so yeah, sorry. No, no. I'm, yeah, so, 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 I'm happy to say that's way above my pay grade. Yeah, no, that ship is, yeah. <laughs> dude. Yeah, it's interesting time. We'll just believe it. At that. Yeah, man. I mean, let's let's give it a couple of years and see how it all pans exactly. out. And let's be flexible. Exactly. But I really appreciate having you guys on. Yeah, um, thank you again, again. Super easy to talk. I can't wait to get Frank on with you guys as well. And we can. Yeah, let's yeah, do this do out, out somewhere out out on a trail. That yeah, would be yeah. fun. Yeah, we yeah. really do need to do that. I've heard a couple people threaten to do that, and I'm not sure I've ever participated in one of those. A remote podcast. A remote podcast. Dude, that's generally all we. Uh, you see the setup. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I mean, this is pretty remote. Yeah, it's not. I'm not complaining. I could be sitting in a much less comfortable. Dude, place. we've done it in the <laughs> middle of Death Valley, which was rad. Cool. You know, like beautiful. There's a lot of beautiful locations we've been to. Sure. And that's awesome. It's always nicer when you have a river next to you and right. Yeah, some shade. True. Tree, like trees, but yeah. Cool. Anyways, guys. So where can uh, people find out about you? Uh, best thing for me is I'm on Instagram. Uh, I think it's Vern Simons. I'm on Facebook, uh, Vern Simons. You know, there aren't too many Vern Simons is out there. Um, and come to, uh, four wheeler, four wheeler.com and you'll see magazine articles that I'm putting together. Awesome. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> Try yeah, and for me, I'm on Instagram at, at McGee media two, the number two. And then I'm on Facebook as just Trent McGee. But uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and I did. You should check out Center Force. Center Force. Uh, and yeah, and Center Force. By all means, check out Center Force. That's usually me. You know, the the man behind the curtain. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sort of. And thing. if you but need yeah. a clutch, you know what Center a clutch Force, is. Yeah. Center Force. Clutch. Center, Center Force, Force or McLeod. Yeah, you know, I gotta yeah. throw that out there. Else, Will's gonna you know, come and sock me. Yeah. No, that's they're, they're both good companies. <laughs> they're great. They're great friends. They make good. They make good products. I'm not stepping into this. There's but, enough. Uh, there is enough. At the end of the day, there is enough money in this industry to be made. For all ships may rise. That's right. Yes. That's right. You know, Center Force does have a long history in in cool off-road aim products. Yeah. And your runs are so much fun that I don't get to go on anymore, which is really well, thank you. It's a that those are definitely a labor of love. Yeah, I bet. I bet. A lot of time uh, right. spent away. Um, anyways, you guys can uh, find out more about Rick for Dirt if this is your first time listening to the podcast at rickfordirt.com. Uh, I am Ali at Kate the Jeep, and you can uh, you can check out my partner Trent Frank Trucky McTruckface, even though he's not here. Uh, we'll be back to our normal after this. This is the last episode here at Expo, and we're closing it down with Trent and Vern and the dogs. And uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic trip if you're listening to us on the way somewhere or uh, have a great night. Thank you. Thanks.